0: Wapaknaz is Love People, Loving People to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapaknaz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Would you please um, open up your Bible or pull out your phone, pull out your Bible app? Whatever, whatever you use, there's pew Bible in front of you, there should be at least. Hopefully there is. If not, it's a hymnal. So, don't pull that out. We're done with the singing. First um, Corinthians, if you'd opened up to First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, we'll, we'll get there very shortly. Um, as you're moving in that direction, I just want to remind you, um, starting the first weekend of February, first Sunday of February, we're going to talk about forward... 23 Um, the vision and the mission that is placed upon you um, and uh, placed upon us Um, that'll be most of February uh, this month and There's a lot of challenge with that. There's a lot of excitement with that and uh, I really encourage you Um, those are some Sundays that it's good to to listen online um, but I, I highly suggest that you be present and if you're listening online today uh, I do uh, thank you for listening online uh, we love you we'd like to meet you if we haven't met you we'd love to see you um, and be with you because we firmly believe that presence is important presence matters but your participation is just as important and uh, 23 is going to be about presence and, and participation as well With that, we've been on a journey this month about the best. We first started learning that God is good all the time, but he's always at his best. God is always at his best, and his best is always available to you. Because his best isn't blessing, his best is his being, it's who he is, it's his nature. It's his person. So God is always at his best. And last week, last week we learned that you and I were at our best when we fulfilled the purpose for which we were created. Now that happens from two things. One, belief that God knows what's best for you. Trusting that he knows what is best for you in your life. And two, that you truly just surrender you. The whole you. You throw yourself in and you do the hokey pokey. You allow the potter, the creator, the artist to contour and form your life as a vessel for him to use. You are at your best when you fulfill the purpose for which you were created. So the question then comes to, if the Lord himself is the one that teaches us what is best, and we are at at our best when we are fulfilling our purpose, then when is that moment, when is that intersection where we ourself are on display works of art on display and we realize that we ourselves are works of art on display and we're able to see him working when are you fulfilling the purpose for which you were created when does that happen when are you at your best I can tell you I'm not at my best if I haven't slept if I haven't eaten and I don't have coffee in my hand so obviously I'm not at my best right now because I don't have coffee in my hand i know many people who are like that right no that's not (laughs) all right raise your cups all right (laughs) that's good yay um coffee drinkers but when are you at your best let's hear what paul has to say first corinthians chapter 12 and we're going to jump into this discussion at verse 4 verse 4 and we're going to do some jumping in this discussion there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men, in all people. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Jump down to verse 11. All these gifts, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines. Flip your page if you need to flip your page. Verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we... We're all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would just be weird. I'm sorry, I just thought about that. If the whole body were an eye, that would just be weird. It would be like Monsters, Inc. That's what it would be. (laughs) Right? Wow. Okay. That's how my mind works. You're welcome. I'm really sorry. Um, the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, again weird, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Father, with the time that we have, that we've carved out, may our focus and our intent be on what you speak, not necessarily what I speak. Spirit, I know that you do a work that I cannot do. So whether I fumble or bumble, may you be praised and raised. And Lord, may our life leveled up just a notch today may what we learn we take out and we apply to our faith our life wherever we are it is in your name that we ask these things today amen so if you would can you kind of fold your arms for a moment because some of you may already have your arms folded because you don't want to be here that's okay now Get the scowl off your face. All right? Now, I'd, I'd like to ask you to repeat after me. So first, let me show you. See? yep, I got them. So one, two, three. Yep, I got them. Now, let's, let's all do it one more time. You ready? You ready? One, two, three. Yep, I got them. Now, if you would, choose someone near you and look at them. They may be on their phone, but look at them. And say, yep, you got them. Oh, come on, like you mean it. Yep, you got him. Now, if you wouldn't mind, choose your second choice. You do have to face your second choice, the person that you didn't choose the first time. Will you look at him and say, yep, you got him. That's right. All of you. All of us. I I pulled a, a trick out of the youth pastor hat. All of us got him. Paul tells us, All of us have them. Yep, you got them. I got them, you got them. We all got them. It's like Oprah Winfrey. Hey, you get one, you get one, you get one. I wish it was a car, but it's not. They're gifts. All of us have gifts that God, that the Holy Spirit has given as he determines. Some of you might be the eye some of you might be the hand some of you might be the nose some of you might be the liver and if that is you i'm really sorry (laughs) i don't know what does what does it do anyhow some of you (laughs) filters out the poop Uh, that's the intestinal tract that's me um but some of you might be the ear some of you might be the foot paul is using this metaphor right you're not literally an eye and ear a hand a foot a spleen a kidney a liver but he's saying that all of us are part of one body and all of us function you you can't just have the whole body as an eye you can't have the whole body as an ear but you yourself are a part of a, a big body not just the local body at walpock now you're a part of the the big sea, the the big church, the universal, the kingdom of God, and all of you have been given gifts by the Spirit as He determines. But also, you are shaped by your experience, by your personality, by the things that you've learned over the course of your life. Some of you work really, really well with your hands. You can build things. You can fix things. Some of you are really creative with your mind and you know how to, to make things beautiful that I would just absolutely wreck, right? Some of you are gifted in such skilled ways that you can organize, that you can put things together in such a way that everybody, even, even a dullard as myself, can understand it and put it to work. All of us have gifts skills talents abilities we all have a shape my shape my physical shape is getting larger right in the belly but my my shape as a human being continually changes over time but God has gifted me in certain areas just like he's gifted you Paul tries to make this point for us basically what he says is you are at your best when you do what you're best at you are at your best when you do what you're best at if you're an ear be an ear listen to those who need heard if your mouth speak for those who can't speak you're the foot. Walk us forward. Right? See, you don't you don't give Einstein a brush, canvas, and paint. You don't give Picasso matters of mathematics, quantum physics, and the universe. No. Einstein was best at matters of the universe and mathematics and quantum physics. Picasso was best at those things with paint and canvas and chalk and pencil and paper, Michelangelo, a chisel, marble, and a hammer. Right? Marie Curie. Rosalind Franklin. A lab. Washington Carver. George Washington Carver. Agricultural problems. Edison, looking at things as they are and saw as they could be to make life simple for the everyday individual. Hedy Lamar, give her the silver screen, but also military problems. She'll figure them out. Hendrix, you give him an electric guitar. Houston, you give her a microphone and an audience. Buddy Rich, give him a drum set and drumsticks. Hemingway, pen, paper, and a typewriter. Maybe a beach. Right? You don't put Steph Curry and post him. You get Steph Curry free on the three-point line. You don't put Burrow at center or nose tackle. No. You may put him at Wildcat, but you put him at QB. You are best, you are at your best when you do what you're best at. So, here's the question What are you best at? And sleeping, eating, couch coaching, and complaining about other people who are at their best? Not an option. Oh, I know, all right? <laughs> not an option. Okay, because I know that there are many who think complaining is a good spiritual gift. And same with sleeping and eating and couch coaching. Not spiritual gifts, not gifts, not talents. They don't better, right? So what are you best at? This might actually be a question that you've never ever pondered in your life. Some of you in this room and those of you listening online, you might actually know what you're best at. but it doesn't rear its head very often. Because those that you're not best at, you're doing those more often. Some of you who know what you're best at, do what you're best at sometimes. Some of you who are sitting in the room and listening online, know what you're best at, but you avoid doing what you're best at. Some of you know what you're best at. However, you believe you're not good enough at what you're best at. So you don't do what you're best at. And others of us in the room probably just have no clue what we're best at. So, Kerry Nyhoff wrote a book called At Your Best. Really, not about this topic at all. Um, But he does talk about your time. But he came up with some questions about giftings. And I thought they were applicable to our conversation. One of the questions he asks, for those of us who are trying to figure out what we're best at, what seems effortless to you that seems difficult and complex to others? I had a friend who knew how to work on cars. And he could use a dowel rod, put the dowel rod on his ear, onto the engine and figure out what the problem was. That was a skill set that I'd never heard of in my entire life. Everybody else was trying to figure out what was going on. Turn it on. Dowel rod in the ear. I actually know what's going on. I can fix your car. What seems effortless to you that actually seems difficult and complex to others? Question two, what talent do I keep using in different situations, settings, and circumstances? It just, it exudes from you. It comes naturally out of you. And you're pulling it out of your pocket all the time. And you're applying it. What do other people affirm in you? as your gifting or talent you ever have somebody tell you man you should you're really great at that unfortunately my family when i went off to college and i came back like i don't know first time first visit my brother-in-law my mom and my sister they all said man you're gonna be a youth pastor I was, no. <laughs> not my life. Not what I wanted to do with my life. I, at that time, I just wanted to party. That's what I was focused on. When I told my wife, hey, uh, babe, I think God's calling me to be a pastor, she said, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. What are other people seeing in you that maybe you're not seeing in you? But I think these questions are a little limiting. I think I think they there are more questions than this and so I ask the question to you what energizes you what ignites your spirit what seems to be a passion for you some of you that I'm eyeballing tonight today I know what your passion is I've seen your passion come to life I know it ignites you it just energizes you so much that you do it so often what energizes you What's your passion? How about if you don't know what you're best at, how about experiencing something new? Trying something new that you've never tried before. When I was 21, I took karate for a year. Came became a blue belt. Yeah! That's all I got. That's, that's really all I got. Um, I took a cooking class uh, a couple years back. I picked up a guitar two years ago, two and a half years ago experience something new in your life that you've never experienced because you might find that you love it so much that it becomes what you're best at doing last but not least Isaiah 48 17 says the Lord teaches the Lord God is the one that teaches us what is best right he knows you better than you know you He knows you better than your spouse knows you. You know, the one you Dutch oven each night of the week, right? The one that you share everything with. God knows you better than anyone in your life. So if he's the one that teaches us what is best and knows us better than anyone else in our life, we might want to inquire of our God and ask them the question, what are my giftings? What have you gifted me with that I'm not aware of? Or that I might actually be aware of, but I'm really scared to actually own? What are the talents and the skills and the abilities that I have that I've picked up, that I've learned, that I went to school for, that I do 40 hours a week and then some? that can apply to my life. Now, your challenge is, what are you best at? What are you best at? Some of you are really good at something, or you're good at something. Buddy La Rosa, Amy and I's favorite, one of our favorite pizza places, La Rosa's. Oh yeah, right? It's a Cincinnati-based when he was a teenager, he was given, his whole class was given a project to find a quote that is meaningful to them. My guess, is he, like every other teenager, he probably rolled his eyes, but he actually went in get, uh, to, to do the project, and he came back with a quote from St. Jerome, which I had no idea was from St. Jerome, but this quote followed Buddy LaRosa the rest of his life from athletics to entrepreneurial business and is plastered on his wall and I first came to know it by being with a bunch of youth group kids eating pizza good better best never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best folks you might be good at something but your good needs to get a little bit better. And when it gets a little bit better, it can become what you're best at. So if you think you're good at something and you're not, you don't know what you're best at, focus on the good that you know you know how to do and make it better until that becomes better and better until it's your best. Good, better, best. Never let it rest. Until your good is better and your better is best. You are at your best when you do what you're best at. But there's some things that we need to understand about our best. Our best is first to God. Then to the benefit of others. Your best, my best is first to God, then the benefit of others. When God had delivered His people from Egyptian captivity and slavery, from oppression, He started leading them out into the wilderness and they became a people. He started to establish certain things about His people. Certain ways and how to interact with each other how to worship Him, and how their work plays into their worship. How it informs their worship and how worship informs their work. In fact, He said this. Well, man, a little bit behind. In Numbers 18, 22, He said, You must present as the Lord's portion the best and holiest part of everything given to you, again, Paul said, gifts given by the Spirit as He determines. Your abilities, your, your, your shapings, your talents, your, your skill set, your education, your background, your experiences, all those have been given. And he said, hey, when you worship, give me your best and the holiest portion. And in case we need a little bit more convincing, he says it in Exodus twice Exodus 23 and Exodus 34. Twice he says, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Proverbs 3 9. He says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. You know, at the moment that they were still in captivity they were still in oppression the Egyptians were over them and lording over them there were the ten plagues and that last plague the the Passover before God moved in that Passover he told the Israelite people for your household take a lamb one year old perfect without defect without blemish Slaughter it. When you slaughter it, take that blood, put it on the doorposts of your house, because when I pass through, when I have, when I pass over, I will pass over your house, if and only if from that perfect lamb, that spotless lamb, the best that you have, if the blood is on your doorposts. God wants us to do. What is what we're best at, and he wants us to bring his best to him first. And he's not asking you or me, he's not asking his church to do something that he did not do. Because when we read that story in Exodus 12 and 13 and 14, our minds should immediately move to the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. He was the perfect. Spotless Lamb, the Son of God, the best. And He was offered for all of us. God gave His best for us. That was in Jesus Christ. So, you are at your best when you do what you're best at, but when you do what you're best at, make sure it's first for God. Jesus himself said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because he understood that he was going to give his best for all of humanity and for you personally. So, that is our spiritual act of worship, as Paul would say. Therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. Your whole self. That whole self includes your best. As living sacrifices, spiritual act of worship. So, first to God, then the benefit of others. Let's go back to that conversation that Paul had to the Corinthian church 2,000 years ago, but he also has this conversation with you and me today. He said... Now to each one, all of us, every one of you, arms folded and not folded, scowled-faced and not scowled-faced, those willingly here, those unwillingly here, any one of us, to each one of us, the manifestation, the coming of light, the coming to light, that's what that means, of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the benefit of of others. Peter picked up on this idea. Peter, that apostle who just kind of was really bad at aiming with the sword and cut off the ear rather than the head, that guy. He actually come to terms with himself, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, and he wrote these words and he said, whoops, wrong one. Where did I go? I didn't put it up there. Man alive. Well, apparently I'm not doing what I'm best at. I don't know about that. But I'll find it for you. It's in First Peter. if you want to join me there, that would be great because it's not up on the screen. I do apologize. First Peter, chapter one, or chapter four. He said, "Each one of you, verse 10. First Peter, chapter four, verse 10. there we go. We're back on track. There we go. He said, "Each one of you should use whatever gift he or she has received to serve others faithfully. Administering God's grace." in various forms your best and what you're best at is done for the benefit of others i think way too often we focus on the gifts and we miss the focus of the gifts we focus on the gifts what do i have what don't i have why don't i have that one And we've missed the focus of the gifts, the purpose of why it was handed to you in the first place. We miss the focus of our talent and our abilities and our skill sets and our knowledge base and our experiences. We miss the focus of because we're always focusing on. The of is for the benefit of everyone. Now, if you're in the church, you're like, yeah, we do that really well. We focus on the church all the time. That's great, but guess what that's called? An ingrown church. Jesus said, as I've loved you, so you love one another. A lot of us love that and stop right there. But we forget to read further and say, because that's how they'll know. That's how they'll know you're mine. Why? because he wants others in on this so focus on not just the gift but the purpose of the gift and why it's been given to you why you were a steward Acts chapter 8 the story of Philip he goes to a city in Samaria where most folks won't go and you know what he did he used his gifts, and the scripture says he brought great joy to the city. Acts chapter 9, a young lady named Tabitha, also called Dorcas, which is really funny and really cool when you're reading scripture. I was called a dork all the time when I was in elementary school, so apparently that's really cool. I don't know. Moving on, don't ever tell that joke again. But Tabitha, in the city of Joppa, she healed people. The impoverished, and she did a lot of good. She blessed the city. Folks, your gift is for the benefit of not only the church, but the community. What if Einstein... Worked in that patent office. Did all his great work. Wrote all of his papers. But never published a one. The groundbreaking work that absolutely shifted the world would not have been seen or heard. What if Hedley Lamar didn't think about, man, we can frequency hop so these torpedoes could actually hit their target. None of you would have a cell phone in your pocket that has Wi-Fi, GPS, or Bluetooth capability. What if Picasso only painted for himself? There would be many, many people myself included, who would walk away uninspired. His work was, again, groundbreaking, earth-shattering. What if you kept your gifts, your skills, your talents, your abilities under wraps? Some of you may be doing that today. You have no idea the impact The profound impact, the ripple effect in the world that you would have. You are gifted to benefit others. Do what you're best at for the benefit of other people, which means you were never at your best in isolation. You're never at your best in isolation. You can never do what you're best at in isolation. However, you get really, really good at what you're best at when no one's watching. Don't waste your gift by not honing in your gift, by not doing the work to move your good to better and your better to best. Don't miss that. And finally, a couple fair warnings. Fair warnings at what you do best. Remember, you are at your best when you fulfill the purpose for which you were created. You are at your best when you do what you're best at. You do your best for God first and for the benefit of others. But there's some fair warnings that we must understand. One, only compete with your best. Your best is never in comparison to other people. Why? No one wins. No one wins when you don't hone in on your best. Everybody loses when you don't move your good to better and your better to best. Everybody loses there. Everybody loses when you don't do your best for the benefit of others. And everyone loses when we compare our best to someone else's best. This is what happens. Either you think yourself more highly than you should, therefore someone else is, you're thinking of someone else less, Or you're thinking of yourself less than you should, and someone else more than they should. Always compete with your best, no one else's. And lastly, your best is never in settling for less, unless that's what God wants for you. What's less? Sin is less. Sin is less than God's best for you. Debt is less than God's best for you. Unforgiveness is less than God's best for you. Whole healing is less than God's best for you. Bitterness, hatred, vitriol, racism, that is all less. Than God's best for you. Thinking that you're not enough. That is less than God's best for you. Never settle for less. Never settle for less. Even if you made a decision a long time ago. To not step into what God called you to then. Don't continue to settle for less now. Stop. Stop. It's like Bob Newhart in that sketch. Stop. Just stop. Stop settling for less. God is always in the greater. God is always in the greater. But there's a question. What if you feel like you're at your worst today? What if you believe that you're at your worst today? Or, what if you're at your worst today? Scripture teaches us that while we were at our worst, while we were still sinners, while we were settling for less, while we weren't doing our best, while we were still choosing a life without God. And all that is included with that. While we were at our worst, Christ, Jesus, died for us. God demonstrates His own love for us, for you, and me, at our worst. Through Christ dying for us. What's that mean for you and me? It means whether we're at our worst or at our best. God's love is for you through Christ. That God's love is ever expanding and growing for you. And God's love is reaching out for you at your best and your worst. That means you can't earn it. You can't buy it. Your best doesn't get it, and neither does your worst. You're not good enough doesn't get it. It's there for free. So at your worst, and at humanity's worst, Christ offered himself up that you may receive the love of God. And operate in your best. Are you at your worst today? You feel like you're at your worst today. Or is life looking at you and saying, This is the worst it's been? It's okay. Christ still loves you, He died for you at your worst. So now's your opportunity to choose God's best, because He offered up His best while we were at His worst, our worst. Heavenly Father, You've already been speaking. But we are here in a moment of prayer, God. If that's you. Like, I've, I've been at my worst. Life has been at its worst. And at my worst, I want good. I want God's best that's you God gave his best for you in Christ on the cross he died for your sin that you may be clean forgiven and his kid and he rose from the dead that you might actually have power within you But only if you invite him in. Will you invite him into your worst today? He's pretty good at making things beautiful. If that's you, would you just pray with me? You can repeat what I say. You don't have to repeat what I say. Just pray sincerely and asking Jesus to come into your life and give him your life Jesus I give you my life all of it it's in tatters it's at it's worst state it's broken a lot of holes a lot of things missing a lot of things taken I just hand it over to you it's not much it's there oh God but I know you can do something great with that Lord, you did great with, with five loaves, two fishes. You can make what is broken and what is, what is fragile whole again. Will you make me whole today? Jesus, come into my life. I give it to you. Forgive me of my sin. Will you just give me your life, the one you gave on the cross? I'm at my worst but I want your best, God. Your best is Christ. I want your best. Can I have it? Oh, if you prayed that prayer sincerely. Would you just look at me, please. give you praise for the work that is being done in your people here at Wapak Naz and in this community God help us give our best to you whatever that looks like some days it doesn't look like much other days it looks like a lot help me help us give our best to you and May our best benefit those around us. Our life isn't for ourselves. But it's really crazy how when we give ourselves away, we are blessed. We're so blessed. God may Wapak Naz and the people who say, This is my church. These are my people. This is my tribe. Lord, may we begin begin to give our best to you and to others and May people see that, experience that, be on the receiving end of that, both in the church and out of the church, and may people see that, man, that's these people are disciple are fo- Jesus followers. They're disciples. They're followers. I'm curious about this. I want this in my life. God, may you be attractive in us, and may people. Not necessarily just find this place. But may they find the person of Jesus Christ. The life-giving blood of Christ. I love you, Jesus. Lord, may your hand of favor be in our life. Grant us favor with others. And may we have your favor. Not for our benefit, but for those of others. It is in the name, Jesus, that we ask these things this morning. Amen. And I forgot to add, may the Bengals win today, Lord. That'd be great. Would you please stand? May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And may you please love your neighbor as yourself. Give God your best give others your best please you have a great day we'll see you tonight at life group woohoo thank you for listening to the Nas podcast we hope you are moved deeply to step into god and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt light and yeast in your community and to love people to jesus